Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on June the 27th, 2011. For newcomers, you should look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. You'll find uh, more than just a starter there to understanding this big system which runs the world. A system you were born into as you were, were your parents. They didn't know any anything more than you do actually as to what was really going on because we're kept in the dark like mushrooms and fed you know what by the media. And that's the job of the media. It's in the middle. Its job is to convey uh, basically the stuff that makes us grow into mushrooms from the ones at the top. That's rather awful, isn't it? But that's the way it is. And we're kept truly in the dark about things. And even when things are very blatant, when, for instance, the U.S. is off uh, grabbing oil countries one after another, a very old agenda, by the way, which even some of the groups within the U.S. government uh, wrote about years ago and put on the net as well, uh, here they go at it, and we know they're plundering the oil, and, and they come out with all this hypocritical nonsense of wanting to go and help people. That's the first time the military's actually gone off to help people in its history, because it's always, it's always to do with economics, and especially the economics of a few dominant people. So help yourself to the audios. Uh, you'll find transcripts, too, on all the websites listed there in English for download and print-up uh, of a lot of the talks, not all of them. And you can also go into Alan Sentinel.eu for transcripts and other languages. And remember, too, you're the audience that bring me to you. I don't bring on the advertisers as guests. And um, the ads you hear on this show are paid by advertisers directly to RBN. I've got nothing to do with it for the broadcast and for RBN's time, their equipment, staff, and their bills. So you can help me out with mine by uh, buying the books and discs I have for sale at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. And from the U.S. to Canada, remember, you can still use a personal check. You can use send cash. You can use uh, an international postal money order from your post office. You can use PayPal. You'll see the donation button on the com site. Use that and follow it with an email with name, address, and order, and I'll get it out to you. And how to order is on the site as well. From across the rest of the world, you've got Western Union, you've got MoneyGram, and you've got PayPal again. Same idea. And member straight donations are certainly really, really welcome as we go into uh, the so-called uh, austerity times. And uh, uh, basically it was inflation, as we well know. And I think that, I can't remember how much the U.S. owes now in, in the tr- multi-trillions of dollars. We can't even figure it out, except that we're growing it probably millions every day in debt. And Canada's the same. We're all in the same boat together because the big bankers, the cabal that runs the world, planned this a long time ago to make sure we all fall in the same do. And that's where we are right now, falling in the do. And they call it a new world order, you see. A world order designed an awful long time ago, written about even as early as the 1700s, uh, many more books published in the 1800s and into the top of the 1900s. And then suddenly 
uh, they took over the management because more folk were reading by them. You don't realize that most folk before the 20th century uh, really didn't read much or, or couldn't read at all uh, because the education system was extremely minimum, only for factory workers so they could understand basic orders and written word. But uh, once they started to read the, the books by the big players, the inside books were read by the big players themselves and the clubs, then they had to change things an awful lot. They got busy to keep us very busy reading novels and junk like that. Penny novels, they called them, in fact, and the government actually funded uh, a lot of the publications of these ridiculous little novels. Just like today with television and the computer, lots of sex and a, a little mystery story of who done it. It was always a butler. And, uh, and nothing really changes. The techniques are just more sophisticated today. And, of course, it's always accompanied by lies from the top. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back and we're cutting through the matrix. I've talked many times, about, even years ago, about the system and how you'd have to hang on to your sanity, right? It was the night of 9-11 actually, September in 2001. And um, I said things are going to change now because this is, a, uh, this is the cue, really, the cue for the whole New World Order to go through massive change. And I know that because university professors were talking about this massive change to come for a good part of the 20th century and had all these different phrases, catchphrases about change. Then Obama picked it up and change is good and so on. And of course, it, 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 saw me, it never tell you what it means except in the books that the professors read. And when you've read them, you understand it's the whole socialist uh, plan society scenario across the board. It's never changed in a hundred odd years as to where they want to take society, altering the genders. All of that stuff comes into it. You can make any animal, including human animals, into anything you want them to be. But also, I said, you'd have to hang on to your sanity. The hardest thing to do as we go through these changes is they ramp it through. And that's really what we're seeing today. And I also coined the phrase of new normals. I said, you'll adapt to new normals so quickly. And it's good to see mainstream picks up. And they do pick up things that you, you say down, you know, down the road, down the years. And this article here says that the American police state is the new normal. It says, according to the New York Times, the FBI just raided a data center in Virginia and seized many of its servers, causing websites owned by tens of clients to go offline. They were after one person's uh, email, including those belonging to people who hadn't broken a law and were not suspected of any crime. It may seem silly to get upset about the police taking down websites you don't use. And then it says, a certain quote may come to mind, though, as we look at other ways that the police in America abuse their power. A 72-year-old woman named Catherine Wil- Wil- Winfine, it's called, got tasered not too long ago after she lost her temper at the cop who pulled her over. Her offence was shouting at him. You see, you can't shout anymore, and you cannot be, you've got to be very deferential to them and, and obedient to them, almost groveling to them. They take it personally. So luckily she learned her lesson about talking back to America's authority figures. She was also awarded £40,000 in damages, which her county constable, Richard McCain, complained was a reward for bad behavior. Well, who's been bad, you know? Who's been, somebody who was wanting to taser you to death is, is good for, for talking back. Apparently putting 50,000 volts through her heart 
of, of someone's great-grandma. It's not bad behavior as long as you wear a police uniform. And that's, that's the truth. It's all perception management, you see. It's all perception. If some guy stopped you in the street wearing a gun, you, you'd probably want to wear him, run him over. You'd try it with a cop. It was the same thing as a guy wearing a gun. Who's going to stop you or kill you? And uh, we're all trained to, to obey authority, obedience to authority, and simply putting a badge on someone or a uniform is enough to do it. So much so, even in, in many of the movies that you watch too, you'll see the actors dress up as a cop or whatever, and everyone believes he's a cop in the movie. Uh, so it's, it's that it's pressure condition to look at these symbols. Says Winkfeen was lucky in what Digby calls it the taser atrocity of the day. A man who took groceries without having paid for them was tasered continuously for 37 seconds after he became aggressive and was communicating loudly. He died in the hospital. There's been so many deaths now. But see, the message is different. The message to the cops is, it's okay, because we'll back you up. You, they're training the public now uh, that, that you just do what you're told or, or they'll kill you, and it's okay if they kill you. The cops all know this. They all, and it started before tasering. It started when they brought out the hollow point bullet in Canada and elsewhere. Something that's banned by soldiers in warfare time by the United Nations treaties. But you can use it on your own citizens. And these bullets literally expand inside you and cause massive damage. So you're pretty well guaranteed to die. Then they brought in the tasering. Anyway, the one who, who tasered this guy here was given a suspension for five days, which is like a little holiday. And then it says, stealing your cell phone and its data. Recordings of government workers performing their duty are by law in the public domain. So if you think a police officer is going to do something untoward, try filming him doing it. So you have the evidence. It says, right. Not so fast. Prepare to have your cell phone taken from you and stomped on. The Miami Beach, Florida police in particular have a history of doing this and they aren't alone. But the people who have their phones stolen and vandalized by the police are lucky. A man named Michael Allison faces up to 75 years in prison for trying to record a judge and was arrested without any warning. What's well, a special person, you see, a judge. Meanwhile, the Michigan State Police is taking people's cell phones when they pull them over for traffic violations and using extraction devices on the phones. They clean out your phone uh, to get all your messages and contacts and so on. The ACLU is trying to find out why they're doing that, but the police department placed a price tag of over $500,000 on their freedom of information request. How much justice can you afford? Can you afford that? Want to feed homeless people free meals in the park? Prepare to be arrested. Or how about dancing in front of the Jefferson Memorial? Prepare to get tied and beat up. The country's uh, police have a long history of suppressing non-violent activists, and it hasn't stopped with the civil rights era. Environmental activists like uh, Tim De Christopher have served 10-year prison sentences for civil disobedience that harms no one but impedes all companies' profits. Meanwhile, the FBI labels non-violent activists as domestic terrorists, and they do. When you're non-violent, you're still a terrorist. They recently granted more power to go through your trash and your data. So expect things to only get worse. Actually expect things to get worse in general. The police state is the new normal. And it is. Even when a, a, a judge in Canada, doing, in a trial to do with an American citizen coming, getting into Canada, uh, stated that um, the United States is a police state. He couldn't even get cooperation from them or get any kind of acceptance on his requests. And he, he said the U.S. is now officially a, a police state. For those who don't know. And people don't know because until the baton or, or the taser or the gun hits you, 
uh, it's okay. You're all living in your, your own little circle or secular world that you've been trained to live in, and you think it must be because they deserve it. That's how it worked in the Soviet Union. When neighbors would see some other neighbors getting hauled off that they'd known for years, oh, they must have done something wrong. You do it automatically. So nothing will happen to me because I'm good. I, meaning, meaning good means you adapt quickly to any new law that comes along. And it means you're very adaptable and, and, uh, you, that's what you think is good. That's all it is. Now there's two callers on the line that's hanging on here, so I'll try and get them first. There's Kyle from Pennsylvania on the line. Are you there, Kyle? Hi, Alan. Um, yeah, this is Kyle. This is just kind of piggybacking on what you were saying about the police. Uh, you can look this up about six months ago, right in the township next to where I live. A uh, plainclothes cop walked into a general store, and he asked for a tin of tobacco. The uh, lady behind the store, behind the counter, uh, asked for his ID, and uh, he didn't like that too much, so he drug her in the back and uh, beat the crap out of her. Um, she was, I think, 16 or 17. He was in his mid-20s. And um, then when the cops showed up, the closed cops showed up, they told everybody in the uh, market that you should keep your mouth shut if you know it's good for you. Uh, eventually, the cop was prosecuted, and he was fired from that job but was hired in two districts over. Yeah. And uh, he's now actually a higher-ranking officer than he was before. Mm-hmm. I find it um, very disconcerting now that police are beginning to believe that it's they who wield the power. When well, they, fact, they, they do, yeah. The, the, the only thing that, you know, us as a society is supposed to recognize is the shield and what mm-hmm. it represents. But when it becomes the officers who think that they are the ones doling out the law, that becomes a very, very scary, scary situation. Yeah, yes, and not, but as I say, they've been given authority now. It's a tacit authority. They know it too. They've, been known, they've known it for quite a few years that they can do what they want now and they'll get off with it. They're backed by the system. Because remember the Club of Rome said we have to go into a system of non, non-democratic, we're post-democratic and must be authoritarian uh, to get this rush of changes through. Well, that's what we're going through now uh, as the authoritarian system. And that's exactly what it is. It's no, no more nice nice policemen uh, calling you, sir, and so on. Uh, they'll swear at you, in fact. They'll curse and swear at you. And if you swear back, you, 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 that's it. You're tasered. You know, your, your hair's going to be frazzled. But, but that's what they're doing, and that is the plan. They're training the whole public. What happens in the States now is happening across the world at the same time. In every country. And, of course, Britain's actually ahead of the U.S. and most of it, you know. And I think that what you were just saying about it being the authoritarian society shows through. And when this incident was written up in the paper, the paper went above and beyond to state that this officer had been under great stresses. And, uh, you know, he had had troubles at home. But aside from this one incident, you know, he was an exemplary officer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's making excuses and it's making exceptions and it's, it's borderline condoning the action when, yes. like it says on the side of their cars, to serve and protect. It doesn't say to, you know, harass 
and yeah. beat up. But it doesn't say who they're protecting. But well, we know who they're protecting now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I mean that. But it's not you. Yeah, if you want to take a look at it, it was in uh, Ridley Township, Pennsylvania, and if you read the whole write-up on the story, it, it was. I mean, it's just. Yeah. This is the scariest incident I've ever read in my life. I've got stacks of them like that. Stacks all over from Britain, Canada, France, uh, uh, the U.S., all over. All the same kind of stories. Yeah. And you'll never hear that on, you know, the national news. No. It'll, it'll make the, the local news, but that'll be it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything's localized now. Yeah. And it disappears. And they tell you, you know, they, they tell you, the, the newspapers and the radio and the, the television tell you how... You should react to this, and you should have sympathy for this police officer who is under stress. That's right. But you try that in court and say you're under stress, and what will happen to you? Yeah. <laughs> but thanks for coming. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back and we're cutting through the matrix. And there's another caller on the line too, it's Tasha from Toronto. Are you there, Tasha? Yes, I'm here, Alan. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I've come across something that sort of concerns me and I was hoping to get your opinion on it. Uh, Ontario, all the Ontario transit is being connected by something called a Presto card used for payment. Yeah. It's a little plastic card with RFID in it and you swipe it when you get on, you swipe it when you get off, and it deducts money uh, for your for your fare. And when you get to the end of it, it's just you link it to your bank account, so it just starts taking money out of your bank account to refill the card. Yeah. And it just seems like, you know, that's a, a, a great way of tracking people and where that's they're going. They're swiping that's on and far. off. Yep. And it also, um, you know, it sort of disturbs me that, you know, you're, they want to go into my bank account to do this. It, it, I was it's, just, it's, just it's wondering not, what your opinion on this was. It, this is a worldwide project, and uh, they started off, I think, in Holland first of all, and in other co- countries in Euros, Europe followed suit. It is for tracking and tracing, so that at any time uh, they can find out where you were at that particular time uh, on, on subways, buses, and so on. In fact, you can even need them in taxis in some countries. The same card, and uh, it also gets them into your, your bank account as well which they monitor all the time anyway. But uh, it's, it's tracking and tracing, and it's part of the security um, system that Canada's bringing in nationwide. Yeah. If someone wanted to protest this, what would you recommend? <laughs> uh, well, getting Canadians to, to, get, to protest anything except uh, going along with the greening stuff, that's one thing you see protests. Uh, it's hard to get Canadians motivated to do the things that they should do for their own protection uh, and, and privacy is very, very difficult. Um, the protest, everything of it's politically correct, the protest in droves, but uh, I'm afraid Canadians are not the, uh, the best to stand up against it. Um, yeah, you, you can always... Uh, see, with any system they bring in, if they don't give you any alternative means to travel, you're, you're now under a totalitarian system. There should always be another way to do it uh, or another way to pay or whatever, if they don't leave that in, in place, then you really are under totalitarian um, observational type society, just like Britain. It's the same system there, in fact. So uh, 
I, I don't know how you, you, you go again. And then they'll turn against you at the Fed level and they'll say, well, it's for, it's for national security. And that's all they'll say and that's all you'll get from them. Okay. So personally, personally, my, my best way to protest is to stop damn well using everything that's out there. Yeah, but that makes it hard to get to work, though. The, the thing is, though, every, understand everything's going to be hard. To change anything's going to be hard. Nothing's going to be easy. And it, it's true, this will never happen, but this is true. You could stop the whole system today if everyone just stopped going to work tomorrow. Everyone. Everyone stopped driving their cars for a week, and you'd see the gas prices come down and plummet to less than half the price they are now. The power is always in the, in the, in the hands of the masses, but the, because you have a class system, the ones who are a bit higher up uh, can, and can get by will never stand up for the ones below them, and, and so on. And that's how it works, and it's, it's designed to work that way. So you can never get everyone, but even if just the lower classes all stop using everything, believe you me, when, when they start losing cash, uh, they, they get to, to work awfully quickly. But that, that unfortunately will never happen, you know. Okay, uh, can I ask one more question quickly? Yeah. <clears throat> I've also noticed um, downtown Toronto, they actually have bikes now for rent. And that sort of struck me as odd. Like they're, <clears throat> they're trying to promote people going downtown, renting bikes to drive around. Yes. And I was wondering if this had anything to do with... Um, some of the agendas to get cars off the road. It, it has, actually. Again, that started in Holland again. And uh, when Mel Lassman was in, he took a tr- uh, all the councillors over in a trip. You know, we all paid for his big holiday. And they, they, they praised the, the Dutch system of inner city cycling. And they said they'd like to copy it in Toronto. So they, they wrote the paperwork out, and then the, the later mayor came in, and they pushed it forward. That is part of it, you rents. And it's also it's part of sustainable cities, it's called. Sustainable communities and sustainable cities agenda is cycling through the city because eventually they want to ban all vehicles except emergency vehicles only or essential vehicles only under Agenda 21, which Canada has signed on to full, completely. We're signed on to that up to the hilt. So eventually they'll phase all cars out of the city altogether. Yeah. Except for police cars and ambulances and bureaucrats and their chauffeurs. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you very much. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. It's interesting, too, Mel Lastman also uh, visited the, the, the Red Light District in Amsterdam, and he said he'd like to license all the prostitutes in Canada, too. Might as well get some cash off their taxes for all their hard work. And that also is on the book still yet. It keeps creeping up every so often. But, yeah, we're, we're living in a... In a see, we're living through a script. And if people understand we're living through a script, it's much easier to understand it. Nothing is happening. That, that aren't suddenly all going crazy in a thousand different ways. This is a, a long-term script, and, and I've gone through it so many times over the years, what the script is. Part of it, too, remember, is, and it's always been the same script. They use socialism because they truly believe that we're animals. We're all animals, you see, partly. And... Um, like any animal, you can retrain them. That's what they believe by Pavlov's training and all the different ones that came after, Skinner and various other ones. So when Lenin came in, actually, in the Soviet Union, he said, we'll have to rewrite history and create gender myths for the women with female heroines who are like warriors. But that's all through your movies today. It's not the same agenda. I'm going to go into that when I come back from this break.
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, we're back and we're cutting through the matrix. If people can understand that a long time ago, when they brought up Fabian Socialism, George Bernard Shaw, uh, who's a really nasty character and a front man, as they all are, they're built up to be wealthy and famous and even have other writers writing their stuff for them. But anyway, they make them famous, that's the way they do things right to the present day. And um, he was really a top socialist and, and a founding member of the Fabian Society. And at that time, they thought that they could train the people to be anything they wanted to. And if a child is born, you take it from its mother at birth so, so that uh, it will never have any contact with its, its real mother. And they'll grow up communally. That was the idea. The state would bring up the children and uh, get the right in, uh, uh, ideals indoctrinated into them very early on. They tried that too. In some, That's what the hippie movement was about too, by the way. With her, with her relationship to Israel, because Israel came out with the first kibbutzes, and it was the same idea initially in the kibbutz. The mother was supposed to um, have her child removed at birth, and communally they'd all bring them up each other's child, children. And that was the idea, because many of them had left the Soviet Union and been given permission to, by the way, the only ones we could get out into our country, uh, because they, they said that the Soviet Union was not Marxist enough. And there was an excellent book put out, it was called Children of the Dream, where they, they give glowing reports of, of course a lot of lies too, but glowing reports of how everyone was so happy and not knowing who their children were and, and all sharing the work together and different uh, women would, uh, and men would take turns looking after all the children in the community. And of course, but what really happened is that the mother's instincts were so strong, eventually it died out over time because they wanted to take care of their own children. It's a natural thing. But that really, oh, it really gets them, it really gets the grit going between their joints. All, all these socialists, when they, when something fails like that, they won't accept it as a fact. So they keep trying it over and over again. And as I said too, look at all the movies that are out today with women generally dressed in leather outfits, uh, that go around giving cratty chops to guys weighing 500 pounds. Uh, and this is all the creation of the female warrior myth that Lenin was talking about too, as they try and change all gender roles and even deny there's such a thing as gender, by the way. And of course, we know that Sweden, which is really communist and, and, and all but its, its name, they call it socialist. They, they are really communist. True communism was to come 500 years down the road after the, clean, the many, many cleansings to get the inferior types out to get the right stock that would bring in the utopia. And as I say, the Soviet Union was actually the Soviet uh, Socialist Union. And Sweden is very similar. And plus, Sweden has the, the Nazi background on eugenics because, and I'll put that link up, I can find it again, where you can see their experimental experiments in eugenics to keep the blonde, pure race going forever and ever. And again, trained by the, the, the government system. So they're always a first in something. And so they're the first ones to out, outlaw, basically, gender. It says, no him or her preschool uh, uh, fights gender bias, it says. Stockholm, at the, at the Egalia school, I guess of an egalitarian preschool, staff avoid using words like him or her and address the 33 children as friends rather than girls and boys. 
From the colour and placement of toys to the choice of books, every detail has been carefully planned to make sure the children don't fall into gender stereotypes. Society expects girls to be girly, nice and pretty, and boys to be manly, rough and outgoing, says Jenny Johnson, a 31-year-old teacher. Agalia gives them a fantastic opportunity to be whoever they want to be. (laughs) With all their indoctrination, they're going to be who they want to be, right? The taxpayer-funded preschool, which opened last year in the liberal Sodermam district of Stockholm for children aged 1 to 6, is amongst the most radical examples of Sweden's efforts to engineer equality between the sexes from childhood onwards. How, how is that engineering equality? Well, most women, I mean, most universities have 60-odd percent of women going through them now, or more. Breaking down gender roles is a core mission in the national curriculum for preschools, underpinned by the theory that even in a highly egalitarian-minded Sweden, society gives boys an unfair edge. And what? To even things that many preschools have hired gender pedagogues, sounds rather dirty, to help staff identify language and behavior that risk reinforcing stereotypes. Can you believe this? Some parents worry that things have gone too far. No kidding, they're a bit slow and worrying, eh? An obsession with obliterating gender roles, they say, can make the children confused and ill-prepared to face the world outside kindergarten. Different gender roles aren't problematic as long as they're equally valued, said Tanja Bergsvitt, a 37-year-old blogger and a leading voice against what she calls gender madness in Sweden. Those bent on shattering gender roles say there's a hierarchy where everything that boys do is given higher value, but I wonder who decides that it has, it has higher value, she says. Why is there higher value in playing with cars? At a, why is there higher value in going shopping? At Agalia, the tiny connotes equality, the title connotes equality, boys and girls play together with a toy kitchen with plastic utensils and pretending to cook. I guess that's how they end up when they're older. No one will want to cook. They'll pretend they're cooking so they don't give away their gender. One boy hides inside the toy stove, his head popping out through a hole. Oh, that's awful nice, isn't it? And so anyway, this is your, your typical thing. That's, it's not just in, in Sweden that's going on. You'll find that it's going through all your schools. And I'll put up that John Taylor Gatto audio again tonight to show you how they were introducing this many years ago subtly and gradually accelerating up to the present time. And it doesn't matter how many times they've had disasters with this. They've really screwed up people's minds. Once they become adults, they're in an awful mess, a lot of these people. An awful, awful mess. But it doesn't matter, it's like a religion, and they'll keep pounding square pegs into round holes, believe you me. And that truly is Marxist ideology. It's absolutely incredibly disgusting. And, and then when you look at the things too, I've mentioned too how they've devalued the family unit. That had to be destroyed, of course. So you destroy a family, you've got to destroy male and female, obviously. And... Um, and that's part of the Communist Manifesto. It's, it's pretty well over by now. And they go all the way to, 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 to bring you down into the dregs of, of necrophilia, as the Frankfurt School said they'd bring society down to. And I talked before about how they, they plasticized bodies, they put them on display, and all the cool people, the ones who don't want to show that they're upset or anything, the cool people have to look at them. Oh, it's very interesting. It's a work of art and all that rubbish. And... It says, fashion meets death at body show. This is after Lady Gaga did her publicity stunt with it too. She'd do anything, and I mean anything, uh, for, for cash and fame. 
But uh, this is a fashion show in its taken or Fashion merged with death at the catwalk show in Berlin, in which sultry models uh, strutted, uh, it's not very sexist, like, well, it might even be male too, alongside preserved animal and human corpses. Although, although mind you now, the trend it said in fashion is, is for the transsexual type, the male uh, who can be both women and males on, on different runways and get paid. That, that's, that's what they're pushing now. It's no accident this is all happening. So alongside preserved animal and human corpses, controversial an, uh, anatomist and plastinator, this is this madman, Gunther von Hagens, is showing some of his most famous works in the body world's A Matter of the Heart exhibition at the, the post-Banoff uh, until August. The exhibition featuring an inside look at more than 200 human specimens, including full bodies, organs and body slices, as in case you get an appetite, proved a unique backdrop to the dark-themed fashion show of Armenian designer Edward Hohanesjan, uh, and so on and so on. And you can look at some of the pictures on this link I'll put up at cuttingthroughmage.com. If, if that's your thing, if you've been perverted enough by all the videos you've been watching, you might enjoy it. And um, it's quite something how it's all going according to plan. As we become dehumanized, we go through airports and everything's, everything's, everything's groped today. I mean, they do. They're told to grab your genitals now and feel them for God's sake. And you allow them. I would not take another flight. Nobody should take another flight and let them learn. You're not going along with it. But you can count on the goody two-shoes. Oh, I got to go my heart. I got to go and see so-and-so. Getting freedom is going to be difficult. You've got to be prepared for that. Everyone's so used to popping a pill for a headache, instant relief. No pain. Egocentonic, as, as Russell said, Bertrand Russell, will create an egocentonic, egocentric society, narcissistic, who will avoid pain and seek pleasure. And that's what the big boys know. No one will put themselves out by not taking a plane or not doing something and hurting the guys in the wallet which is one thing they do understand. Now, there's Alex from Victoria on the line, too. Are you there, Alex? Hey, Alan. Yes. How are you? Not too bad. Yeah. Good show today. Yeah, well, it's, it's kind of depressing to read it, but it's the facts, it's the truth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, um, I can really relate to that uh, part where you were saying that everybody has to participate all at once. Yep. Um, in order to get things to change, and we have to be willing to suffer for it, because the downside is going to be much, much worse, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's incremental, and we adapt and adapt and adapt until one day they'll say you got to wear these handcuffs when you walk outside, uh, you know. And okay, we'll all wear our handcuffs, and and they'll just keep adapting. And that's why the elite treat us like morons, is because we act like morons. We do what they want. Yeah. Absolutely. I just watched, a, uh, I just read an article there about the G20 and all the police brutality that had been covered up and kept quiet from the public in Toronto. And uh, one, one cop, you see him going forward with, uh, I guess it's a rubber bullet uh, gun, and you think he was stalking some panther or something, uh, the way he's, he's crouched there like something, uh, one of these video games, uh, you know, going to war. And he shoots her in the face, a woman who's taking a photograph. And down she goes like a ninepin. And lots of stuff happened like this. It's utterly disgusting. And now the cops are so hated in Toronto, they're leaving the force and going elsewhere in droves, it says in the mainstream. 
Well, that's that's a good thing, and so they should. Yes. Um, the most important thing about that G20 protest, if you watch Into the Fire, which is a video um, you can get on YouTube, um, you see the component at the end where they're they're caged up in the Toronto film uh uh, studios in little cages separating the females and the males. Yeah. They left the uh, doors off the... How uh, sexist. How sexist. Watching women <laughs> go to the bathroom. Yeah, the yeah. women protested. They said, shut up or you'll be gang raped. Yeah, that's right. Now, that's right. What, what kind of men are we if we sit back and let that happen to our women and children? I don't well, know. Well, understand, society is so contaminated today with, with 40 years of filth and garbage from Hollywood and novels and, and and mainstream media and all the plays you watch on that rotten CBC television, they're so contaminated now uh, that the cops are, draw, are drawn out of that same contaminated generation. Uh, and what do you expect to come out of their mouths? They're, they're like they're like steroid monsters, you know. Absolutely, and yeah, like knuckle dragging uh, Neanderthals was not a clue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and the, the interesting thing, I think, about this is that, um, like in the Second World War, I remember there was a survivor in a propaganda poster or something uh, being held up by broomstick-sized arms, and he said, first they came for the gypsies, and I said nothing, and then they came for so-and-so, and I did nothing, and then they came for my neighbor, and I said nothing, and then they came for me, and there was no one left to protect me. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, throughout history, uh, they have never, ever let the traitors and the treasonous people that help them achieve their goals live. Yes. So these police officers are really killing their own families and then themselves, ultimately. That's right. And it's getting bad now. There's a case in the States today in the, new, the, the news where a judge uh, tried to strangle another woman judge uh, over some controversy they were having. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's getting bad because, see, all the elite now, including the cops too, but they're, all, they're all getting uh, into this uh, literally, it's really hard steroids and uh, I've read articles here where police chiefs now tell their, all their staff to go and have these steroid, uh, these uh, hormone implants. They, they actually make a little flap in the skin and you, you renew it every month with a pellet. And it makes them, cra- it makes them crazy. It makes them absolutely nuts and, and violent. And, and they are, you know, um, becoming more aggressive because of it. So uh, it's, this is the time. Remember, too, when uh, I think it was Jane's magazine came out and they said the kind of police that the U.S., not police, but military that the U.S. wants for the future. Uh, and they talked about this very aggressive type of, of cop using drugs and various means to achieve that. Well, they also meant, because they knew it was going to be uh, basically uh, a form of urban terrorism that was going to be brought in eventually as they take all your rights away from you, all your freedoms and all your cash away from you and move you into communitarianism. They knew that's what they were talking about. The new cop is also part of the military. And uh, and that's why they're getting all the same kind of drugs as, as the, the guys in the military as well. And, and they're violent and they're, they're very, they're, they're very predictable in their un, in predict, unpredictability because they are on so many drugs now. Yeah, absolutely. So you were, I remember you brought up, uh, it was a handful of, uh, psychotropic, uh, things they were using on the, uh, military that was in the Middle East. Yeah. And, um, I guess they're on more of them now because apparently we're carpet bombing Yemen and then Syria. Yeah. And uh, it's just coming right unzipped, isn't it? That, that average soldier today in Canada and the States is on at least seven particular psychotropic drugs. That's, that's not including the hormones, too. Yeah. And then when they come back with PTSD, they won't diagnose, treat, or compensate them. Yeah, and then they go crazy in society and drive their cars through recruiting offices like it happened in Canada. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, thanks very much for everything you're doing, and I, I really encourage people to uh, stand up at this point in time and resist. Um, I, I thought that was an excellent point. Yep. Well, and, thanks. Uh, thanks. Yeah. You know, we're going to be in touch very soon. We're uh, painting as we speak. <laughs> okay, that's good. That is good. You need that these days. Finally, yeah. Thanks, yeah. thanks for coming. And that's what we were going into. You see, they had to raise a generation to be ultra-violent with no morality except their paymaster for this particular time because they were going to be used as soldiers across the world, cannon fodder, happy cannon fodder, mind you. They'd love to slaughter, but that's what the video games that were meant for the military were meant to do, desensitize people from killing. So they gave them to all the children, gave them very realistic ones right out of the military training, in fact, to the children, and they grow up to be exactly what they wanted to have at this particular time. And if they can't get into the military, they go into the police force. And even the police force, 90% of recruits, they say, now, especially in the U.S., come from, right from the military. So you're in trouble. It's as simple as that. Now, what's interesting, too, is uh, the Treasury Secretary in the U.S., Timothy Geithner, told the House Small Business Committee on Wednesday that the Obama administration believes taxes on small businesses must increase so the administration does not have to shrink the overall size of government programs. <laughs> so they're going to put the small businessman under. That's what they did in Britain, by the way, in the 80s and 90s. And that was the agenda. Thatcher herself talked about the, the need for international corporations only. That will be the way of the future. There's no place for the small business eventually. And she certainly put more, so much red tape out on small business that the small business guy was spending half of his day or her day, I have to be very pretty correct now, uh, just filling in forms and doing accountancy for the government. So it's easily done, isn't it? So, we truly, we truly are in an awful mess, but it's a planned mess, believe you me, and the, the, the way to get out of it is all planned too, and it's always into the, the next corral. That's where we're heading now. We'll talk about that when I come back from this break. Folks, I'm back and we're cutting through the matrix. And just before I go on to this globalist uh, article I've got here from, from France, a, this is what they're doing in France to do with the, the gender blurring. As of next September, the new official French science curriculum will require, require all grade, grade 11 students preparing the baccalaureate, a majority of French teenagers, to study a, mem- a number of themes more closely related to gender ideology and aggressive sex education than to nature studies. The two main headings, feminine masculine, and taking charge of your sexual life together and responsibly, make about a third of the yearly curriculum, one-third of it, for non-science students. They're also included in a wider program for science candidates. The program uh, promotes contraception, ab- abortion, defense, homosexuality, and so on. It also minimizes differences between men and women. This is what they say. This is your standard uh, communist uh, Pavlovian answer. Anatomic and physiological differences caused by the influence of sexual hormones between the masculine and the feminine brain are no more important than differences between individuals of the same sex, is one of the concepts that 11th graders will be expected to have understood by the time they pass public examinations. Uh, 
The spirit of the curriculum is abundantly reflected in new textbooks which will be financed by public spending and distributed to pupils in all public, but also in all publicly funded private schools, mostly Catholic, when the new school year begins. So it's mandatory across the board, regardless if you're private or public. So this is your standard stuff, is to try to blur it all and say, you know, hormones have nothing to do with anything, and it's just the way that you're trained from youth to, 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 to dress this way or be that way, and so on and so on. The same rubbish they've been prattling on about for a hundred odd years. And everywhere they've tried it before, it falls apart. Because people tend to want, at least most people want to tend to be what they actually are. And there's nothing wrong with being what you are. never was. It's called nature. How can it be wrong? eh? Now, globalism too, the environmentally friendly threat to freedom. I'll put this this link up too at cuttingthroughmedics.com at the end. And it's... um, it's an interesting article about uh, the New World Order, the United Nations, and what it's really up to. Again, the agenda of globalism has got it all down, Agenda 21, the different conferences they have on environment, sustainability, which is all really to depopulate the world down to their manageable level. For, for the bureaucrats, they manage nothing to do with overpopulation. In fact, I've also got a RAND uh, investigation, the big company that does all government's investigations, massive computer organization too, with stat- statistics, etc. And they say that even with the massive flooding of immigration into the Western countries, they will not be able to keep up the population numbers because they're dropping like a stone to pay off the national debts. So where's the overpopulation? It isn't happening in the, in the development country. They've dropped below sustainable levels already. I'll maybe talk about that tomorrow and put that one up. We're lied to on every level because there are political agendas at work and socialist movements at work working with the big bankers to bring in a new type of utopia of, of a, a much, much smaller population. And that's what we're living through today as we go through the bashing, the head bashing, I'm talking the brain bashing, to make us all the obedient kind of mixed up, confused, genderless society uh, that they want, this androgynous system that they're trying to bring in, as they also dehumanize us. And we're, we're learning to be awfully well dehumanized by getting, allowing ourselves to be grabbed and felt and x-rayed and all the rest of it by all and sundry. And eventually you'll have to get into, go into a mall. It'll be the same thing eventually. And you'll adapt to that too. Why? Because you are the stupid kind of creature they want you to be. Get some, you know what, if you do have any good hormones and say no. So with time, you all started to say no. From Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me. Your God or your gods go with you.